The news of the day sounds bleak. Schools are canceled. Travel plans have been canceled. Sports are canceled. But good news, your retirement has not been canceled. At B.A. Schrock Financial Group, we're focused on the big picture. We know this too shall pass, and the future will hold tremendous opportunity. If you're unsure about the safety of your retirement income or your exposure to market volatility, you must take action today. Start by registering for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On. Available now by registering at bashrock-fg.com. We'll explain what's happening in the financial world and discuss strategies you can put in place to help your portfolio weather the storm. It's time to be confident in your financial team and retirement strategy. Register for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On. Available now at bashrock-fg.com. Register today at bashrock-fg.com. That's bashrock-fg.com increase those savings a little bit until it hurts and what i mean by that is this is preventing me from living my life a little bit too much then we know that's the pain point and we know how much we need to save or how much we can save and then drop it down just maybe a percentage point from there it's time to retire with confidence welcome to unlocking your financial future with financial advisor ben schrock well, it's our monthly mailbag edition. I guess it's monthly. I guess we kind of have gone that direction now, Ben. I would assume we kind of have made it a point to get to as many questions as possible. And we've kind of de- devoted one episode per month to do that. And we'll do that again today here on Unlocking Your Financial Future. Got a handful of questions we're going to dive into. Uh, so let's just jump into it, Ben, today's episode. We're going to jump right into the mailbag. We've had a couple of good questions come in. So we're going to try to get to as many as we can on this episode. And we won't waste too much of your time doing it. So let's, let's start off with a question that came in from Kate uh, via email. She says, Ben, I have a question for the podcast. I'm a younger worker with a tiny nest egg with decades of working ahead of me yet. Given the recent uh, tumult in the global economy, what can I do to protect the little egg that I have, but also to continue growing? Yeah, I would say, you know, no one likes to see losses, Kate. So, I mean, that's the first thing that that we're not happy with, but that's the reality of the market. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. Um, it's going to be volatile, and especially in times like this. So, I don't think you, with a long time horizon that you have, I don't think you need to be too worried about that and, and protecting as much as you, you think. I think if we have that long time horizon and say, you know what, I, I maybe just don't open my statement that month and, and just, uh, you know, neglect to take a look at it and just let it ride because I know I got, you know, 20, 30 years of working ahead of me and just keep plowing money into it. That might be the best result. And then also, if you do have some money, some lazy money, maybe sitting in cash or in a savings account, not really earning anything that we can part ways with, it could be a great opportunity to buy into the market. I mean, we're seeing prices in the market that we haven't seen in a long, long time. You know, the market has come back up since we've first talked about the coronavirus, but again, we're going to have some really good prices out there. So, you know, get with your advisor and let them take a look at it and, and see what we can buy to maybe take advantage of some some downturns. Somebody that age that's, that's younger, do you? how much do you worry about their risk tolerance? I mean, I know you have the the, the ability to kind of measure, measure where they stand on that risk scale, but if they are really high and they are, you know, they can't take on a lot of risk normally, do you still kind of say, okay, you're still okay at this point. It's still early. You can still take on a little more than you're comfortable with. I do, Ben. And honestly, a lot of it is going back to, you know, the four, if it's a 401k, you're not going to touch that, especially Kate in your situation, you're not going to touch that 401k till you're 59 and a half. So, you know, if you're 30 years old, there's 29 and a half years that we can't really touch this thing without a 10% penalty. So 
automatically you got a long time horizon right there. So it, I would say, don't even worry about it. You know, it, it's hard to, it's easy for me to say that versus someone actually seeing those losses on their account. I get it, but it, that is the best advice is just hey, keep plowing money into it because you know what, we have a long, long time to make this thing up. So it's okay to be aggressive when you're younger, for sure. Well, thank you, Kate. Again, you can send your questions in to bashrock-fg.com. You'll find the contact button there. But the email directly, info at bashrock-fg.com. Our next question comes in from Joel. I'm tired of having five rental properties, so I'm going to sell at least three, maybe all five. I'll miss the income, but I won't miss the headache. I have quite a bit of equity in these properties. So the question is, how should I invest this money after I sell? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, you know, and I don't blame you <laughs> dealing with rental properties. I'm sure the the headaches of of tenants calling all the time and calling you to fix everything in the middle of the night probably uh, wears on you. So I definitely don't blame you, Joel. But if you're used to the income, I think there's a lot of investments out there that that could suit your needs. Um, you know, you could depending on your portfolio size and if it fits real estate investment trusts work very similar to a rental property. You put your money into a trust fund, essentially, that that manages and owns a lot of properties. And in turn, you're going to be receiving income off of that. Um, generally, you know, it depends on the time frame, but you know, see them as high as 7 8% income generated off your investment. So you can continue to get those rent checks, if you will. However, you don't have the, the nightmares of being the landlord and getting those phone calls in the middle of the night. So um, you could also invest in, in dividend-paying stocks. So again, I think the biggest thing with people that own real estate, which I, I do believe in. I think it's a great added piece of a, of a portfolio, but the biggest struggle is when they sell that is cutting off those rental checks, those income checks coming in. So if we can replicate that through different income generating sources, whether it's a dividend paying stock or REIT, like I said, a, a BDC, something that's going to continue to generate income for you um, that you're used to could be very beneficial. So that's what I would challenge you, Joel. I'd say, let, let's look at that. Let's look at how much income you're used to receiving. Let's see if we can replicate something like that with as little of risk as possible. Obviously, the the higher that number, the higher that yield, the more risk we're going to take. So if we can still deliver on that with uh, minimizing some risk, that would make a lot of sense. Great. Thank you, Joel. Uh, Our next question will stay in the kind of real estate category. And it comes in from Beth. I haven't wanted to pay off my house because it's one of the few tax deductions I have left, but I do have the money to just pay it off. So should I? Yeah, I mean, it depends on where she stands and in, in, uh, where you stand, Beth, in, in terms of your, your amortization schedule. So again, the way those schedules are going to work, you're going to pay a lot of your interest on the front end of it. So you might be in your you know, 25 or 30 year mortgage and your interest is so minimal, it might really not make sense to part ways with uh, uh, a lot of money that you might have saved up. Or you know, a lot of times we hear clients say, I'm just going to pull it out of my 401k and pay it all off. Yet they're going to pay taxes on it. And they're, again, their interest payment is very minimal. And again, even further than that, if you look at the itemizations and and uh, on your taxes, you would have to itemize pretty high over the standard deduction in order to realize some of those uh, those write offs on the, the the interest on your mortgage. So again, take a look at your your situation, and, and you might be better off just letting that thing go and continue to make your payment. Honestly, okay. Some things to consider there for you, Beth. Rick is our next question. Since I retired two years ago with more than a million dollars in my IRA, which I thought at the time would be more than enough to give me the retirement lifestyle that I want, and I'll probably be fine, but it makes me nervous every time I withdraw money from that account because I don't want to live too long and run out of money. And the recent downturn makes it worse. So am I worrying too much? Um, possibly. Again, a lot of it's going to boil down to that distribution rate. You know, Rick, it, it depends on how much money you're taking out of your total plan. So if you're building it, like I, I mentioned earlier with the dividend model for Joel and getting some income in the door. So 
you know, our dividend models that we're managing here are somewhere in that that four percent range is kind of that safe distribution we like to use. So if you say you have a million dollars and you four percent's forty thousand dollars a year, if you're you know taking that out, you should be fine, depending on the companies that you're buying and and the likelihood of them keeping those dividends. Again, the time frame we're in is going to alter that a little bit as well, but normally they're pretty reliable and can continue to come in. So if you're taking distributions a little bit higher than that and we're exceeding our our dividend income that's coming in, um, you might get in a little bit of trouble. So you might spend down a little bit too quickly, especially in times like this. So um, if you're not taking those dividends or taking more than those dividends in a down market, essentially what you're doing is you're selling some shares. So you're selling some positions within your portfolio to generate you that cash flow. And with the market being down, you're selling at a loss, which is what we're told never to do. So again, I think you need to really take a good look at your situation with the income that you need. Utilize a, a dividend strategy or a good percentage that you can safely take out and try to avoid selling um, that portfolio at a down point. There you go, Rick. Some things to consider for you. Uh, Michael's our next question. Got a question about saving. He said, I've heard that I should be saving 10% of my income toward retirement. Does that sound accurate? Because I'm in my 50s, so I need to make sure I'm doing this right. Yeah, my, my favorite answer, Michael, it depends. <laughs> you know, it's um I, I like to give that one a lot. It, it's gonna depend on his situation. You know, it, it's gonna depend on where you are currently, how much you currently have saved up, kind of what your goals and, and objectives are in retirement, how much you wanna take off off your portfolio in retirement. Um, you know, I, I don't like to put a set percentage in there, Ben, because it's hard based on how much someone's earning. You know, if you're making a hundred thousand versus two hundred thousand, there's a ten thousand dollar difference in what you're saving. So um, a percentage really isn't as good a, of a, a metric, I don't think, when we're using ages and, and trying to save as much as we can as retirement. I always like to push my clients and tell them, save until it hurts. You know, and what I mean by that is I want you to put as much money as you can away and keep increasing that increase, increase every so often, every maybe six months or year increase those savings a little bit until it hurts. And what I mean by that is, is when it hurts is saying, you know what, this is preventing me from living my life a little bit too much. Then we know that's the pain point and we know how much we need to save or how much we can save and then drop it down just maybe a percentage point from there to say that's the right number. So that might give you some good uh, feedback to say, how much should you save? I'd save till it hurts. Well, it really does depend, though, too. I mean, you got to you got to sit down with an advisor and go through your entire situation. Sure. We say that a lot, man, and we joke about it, but it is it is the truth? We do the best we can to answer these questions based on the information we have and try to provide you a little guidance. But before you do anything, you always want to sit down and get the feedback from an advisor. Uh, next question comes in from Lucille. She says, "I make too much money to contribute to an IRA or a Roth. So, what's the best way for me to save for retirement?" <sighs> Yeah, so yeah, that's gonna be a that's there's a lot to do there. Yeah. I could spend a whole episode on that one, Lucy. That's a really good good question. But you know, basically, you could always put money into a brokerage account. That's just an after tax investment account. Nothing a little bit different than your savings account. You know, it's it's um, all that you can do is just invest in whatever you want. But it's after tax money, so you can always put money into something like that. Um, I would also challenge you to to push or pump money into your four hundred one k if you have one. So if you're not self employed, um, say you're working for a company and you make a good salary and you make too much money. Um, you There are no earnings restrictions in terms of contributions for your 401k or your retirement plan at work. So maximize that thing first because they can't kick you out of that, even on Roth monies as well. So it doesn't matter if you make a million dollars a year, you can still put money into a Roth 401k. You can still put money into a regular 401k. So those are always good places to go first. And then if you have above and beyond that, you can look at utilizing a brokerage account. You can look at overfunding life insurance. You can look at a number of different things to help save 
for for retirement or or um, utilize your savings a little bit better um, going forward. Thank you, Lucille, for that question. Our final one. We got time for one more. We'll take it from Oscar. He writes in, my financial advisor is older than me, so should I move to someone else who won't retire before I do? Yeah, that's uh, uh, we get that one a lot. And I, I would always say yes, because I'm younger. I'm 34. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> uh, being younger, might as well. No. Um, but I think that's something very similar. I think we've mentioned this in previous podcasts, Ben. You know, it's just, just like hiring a doctor. You know, do you want your doctor to retire before you? You know, that's a personal call. You know, I, ideally, I would, if I put myself in my client's shoes, um, and when they ask me that question, I know what they're looking for. They're looking for someone that's not going to retire for, before them because they do not want to get pushed on to that new advisor that they never met. You know, I might have a relationship with a client for, you know, 20 to 30 years before I retire, um, and I will never have to force them onto another advisor that they never met. And there's a lot of clients that get irritated by that. And that, again, that's a natural thing. Advisors are going to retire tire. You can't um, fault them for that, but you want to make sure that person's around for you for as long as you, you're alive and, and to help you because you've built that trust with that person. And I think that's the most important part is that's the person you trust that you've hired to manage your, your finances throughout retirement. You do not want that to be just handed off to someone else. Yeah, good question, Oscar. Uh, something to consider with with Ben and his team. You can always sit down with them and get to know them a little bit better or uh, whatever it is. You want to make sure you're comfortable, though, with your advisor. That's a, it's an important relationship that you have. And you want to make sure you're, you're working with somebody that uh, you enjoy working with and you, you trust and have confidence in. So uh, Ben and his team are always open for, for you or for anybody looking for uh, for help or for information or some guidance. They can be found online at bashrock-fg.com. And uh, the number is 330-473-1060. So another great uh, mailbag edition of Unlocking Your Financial Future. Some great questions. Again, you can send them in through the website or info at bashrock-fg.com. We'll take your questions there and bring them here onto the show and try to answer them as best we can. But as always, follow up with Ben and his team after the show for more information. But thanks again, Ben, for the information. Covered a lot of topics today and uh, appreciate your time. You bet. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through B.A. Schrock Wealth Management, Inc. and A.E. Wealth Management, LLC. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management and A.E. Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. BA Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. This podcast is a paid placement. It is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice to designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation.